Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. All right, everybody, we start our final hour here on a Thursday. Very nice day in the neighborhood. Uh, John Camp is going to be our guest. He joins us on the Draft House 50 hotline. You've heard him lots of times here on the program. He's a go-to guy for everything all Hawkeyes. Hello, John. Hey, how's it going? We're doing great, pal. Um, so let's pick your brain a little bit on what we have in spring practice and the little scrimmage, even though they really didn't do that much uh, at no. Valley Stadium. Um, where, where are you on this team right now? Oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a lot like what, what Kurt Ferentz said after the, after everything last Friday that, you know, he said, they're not a good football team right now, but it's April. And, you know, it's, you can, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of time left between now and the opener, but <laughs> excuse me, there does need to be a little bit of concern, I think, because, you know, we don't know right now what they're going to be like a wide receiver. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We don't know. There's a lot of unknowns about this team right now. And so, you know, there's a lot of time to answer those questions, but right now there just isn't any answers for them. Uh, let me just follow up with that, uh, the quarterback situation. I mean, we mm-hmm. pretty much thought it was going to be Stanley, and now we get reports that Wiggers is pushing him and, and getting as many snaps. Are you buying that or not? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if you look at last Friday, and again, I, they, they kind of kept everything under wraps just because, I mean, you don't want to show your hand too early. Right, right. On, you know, but, but at the same time, you know, I, I did not expect this to be as cut and dried as, as what a lot of people did because, I mean, you know, Tyler Wiegers is a year older. He's had, you know, more time in the program, comparable experience, really, than to, to Nathan Stanley. And so, I mean, I didn't think it was just Nathan Stanley's job to lose. I thought there would be a legitimate competition. And Kirk said that at the beginning, you know, back in the wintertime, you know, this is not, you know, there, this is an open competition. And so I really figured that, that, that he would battle for the job. And, I mean, the other night I thought he looked pretty good at times. And so, um, you know, you have, to give, you have to give these guys a chance to prove what they can do. You just can't say, Okay, we're going to give the ball to this guy, and it's his job. And and right now, I think he he's you know, like I said, just that one more year of experience has kind of put him into this mix of where it's you know neck and neck right now. John, uh, the big news coming out of Friday night happened before we even got into the actual uh, practice, mm-hmm. and that was the news that the torn ACL for Brandon Snyder and the uh, academic issues happening for Germanique Smith. If it is that Snyder can't play this season, and it could be down the road as we uh, fast forward a little bit, that Germany Smith, his career might be over at Iowa if he can't get that figured out. What would be a bigger blow in your mind for 2017? I, I think it'll be Brandon Snyder. I mean, I think he, he really had had emerged last year and, and, and at the end of the year was playing really well. And and so to lose that, to lose that at the back end of your defense in an in an area where you already have a lot of question marks, I think that's the biggest the biggest loss to them. I mean, Germanique Smith, you know, again, he was battling for a job with all the rest of them. Yeah, he had a little more experience than everybody else, but there was that competition was wide open. And when you lose when you lose a starter at the at the, who was who, like I said, had played really well at the end of last year, in a, in an area where you need experience and where you need help, that's where. 
that's going to hurt. And so I think really Brandon Snyder's injury is the one that's really going to cost them the most right now if they can't find a suitable replacement. Uh, how concerned are you at the wide receiver position that you're just talking about? And they got only a couple of guys, and then the rest it's going to be divvied up with who's going to show up on campus in the fall. Well, I mean, it, it, it is, and you know, going back to my, you know, what I said at the beginning, and you know, there's there's a lot of areas that have questions, and to me, that's the biggest question mark because you just don't know who's going to be out there right now. I mean. You know, everybody's counting on Matt Vandenberg to come back, but, you know, he suffered, you know, another foot injury in, in you know, in the off season, mm-hmm. you know, right before spring practice started, and that sets him back. You know, you know, could that happen again? Of course that could happen again. So if that does, well, then what do you do? And so, you know, when, when you lose him, when, when you really don't know what Germanic Smith's going to bring, if he's going to bring anything at all, and when you have a lot of questions, you just don't know what's going on. And so, yeah, I think to me that's like that's that and in the back of, of defense in that secondary, those are the two biggest concerns right now for this team And because you, you just don't have any answers and you don't know how it's going to emerge until, until September, really. You know, the defensive line pretty banged up as well. Injuries there to Anthony Nelson, Matt Nelson. Uh, you just kind of go through the roster. Spring football, it happens seemingly every year that you get a bunch of injuries and, and guys sitting out at different times. Overly concerning to you or just what you normally expect? Guys are dinged up, uh, nothing that should cause too much hand-wringing in the Iowa community. No, I don't, I don't think it's I, – I think like this happen. And, 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 again, you know what you're going to get out of these guys. You saw them play last year. You saw them – You know, there's, so now you're going to get to see some guys that you didn't get to see. So you're giving them an opportunity now to step into a role that you know they may be needed at some point next year because you never know what happens in football with injuries. So to me, to me, it's like you already know what you're going to get out of those guys. Um, see what you've got behind them and see what you know if if you've got some help there if something happens. John Bonencamp is our guest on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway West Des Moines. John, we had a discussion earlier about the schedule. And mm-hmm. and how dramatically different it is just from the last two seasons and how Iowa has really going to have to up their game if they're going to be competitive this year. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting schedule. And, and it's like, so yeah, you, they're going to have to, you know, and I said this about this team, and, and I've had other people ask me about this, and I said, when you looked at the roster at the beginning of, of spring, you figured this was a six and six team that could go either way. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they answer some of the questions, well, maybe they can get to eight wins, maybe they get to nine wins. But if you don't, you might be looking at five wins, and and then you don't play in a bowl game. So there's a lot of you know. I mean, this is going to be a difficult schedule for them, and so that's why I think you've got to have all the questions in place before that season opener because you don't want to have to go through September and and still trying to play games when you're playing against good competition. Well, John, earlier this week we find out the final opponent for the 2019 schedule. It'll be Metal Tennessee making their way in in late September to Kinnick Stadium. Uh, the non-conference schedule certainly leaves a lot to be desired for many people after the expansion of non-conference games. Your thoughts on that and uh, maybe some disappointment that they didn't at least look uh, maybe more closely at trying to find a neutral site game for 2019? Yeah, I you know I and I because I know that had been discussed at some point, and you know it's it I know that they have that in their head that they always have to have seven home games, you know, for for for, for financial reasons. But you know, at some point, you have to have a, a decent 
non-conference schedule just for the fans. And 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 you know we can we can discuss this some you know sometime about basketball too because mm-hmm. I you know the, the excuse of well you're already playing a power conference team in Iowa State to me I don't buy that because it's like you can still play other teams you can mm-hmm. still. You know, you can still test yourself, yourself, and if you have good football teams, you should want to test yourself. So to to say that, well, you know, okay, well, you know, you play Iowa State, well, okay, fine. You can still find another team, and when you play Iowa State at home, maybe you can play them on the road, or maybe you can do a neutral side game. You can do some, be creative with the schedule, I think is my thing. You know, when it's the same sort of teams every year in September, people get bored by that. Do some different things. Play somebody at Soldier Field, play somebody at Arrowhead Stadium, you know, you know, do some different things. There are some different things you can do, and the program has enough visibility that I think you can do that. John, we agree with you as the program having enough visibility and the capability to do that, but, right. but does it go back to if Iowa does a neutral site game someplace, do the people in Iowa City – all the restaurants, the bars, the hotels, all of that, get up in arms because then they're taking money out of their pocket. Oh, sure. I think that's an issue you have to consider, too. But, you know, you look at the last time they played a neutral site game that, you know, they played Northern Illinois at Soldier Field. Right. It was it was technically a road game. But Northern Illinois, I mean, when they made the deals, like, okay, we're you know, this would be Northern Illinois' game, but we're going to play it here. And so, you know, look into doing something like that. And, and I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to, if you do it as a one-off, you know, do it one time, yeah, maybe they'll get upset a little bit. But if you're still going to be giving them seven home games in a lot of situations. So, um, you know, like I said, you have to do it in a year when you play Iowa State at home. But, you know, you can still do it, I think, and, and still be, you know, if there's a year where you have Iowa State at home and you play five Big Ten home games, you can do it, I think. Well, John, you brought up basketball, and uh, this is one that continues to rankle me. <laughs> well, earlier this week, it was uh, announced from John Rothstein that uh, Southern Utah is on the schedule. Everybody plays Patsies. Everybody plays Cupcakes. Right. John, you've gone through the mock selection committee before. You know the ins and outs as well as anybody of the state for the NCAA tournament. How mm-hmm. can it be, though, this deep into the tenure of Fran McCaffrey and continually we're seeing four or five, sometimes as many as six games against bottom 250 teams from the RPI. It doesn't matter how good the top end of your schedule is. These lower-end teams kill your strength of schedule. How come Fran can't figure this out? Well, a lot of times, a lot of times you, you schedule, I mean, you, like you said, you do have to play a couple of those games. But when you look at their schedule this year, they've got the, the, non, the, the neutral side game and, in Sioux Falls. You've got the neutral site game in Des Moines, and, and they're going to be playing in a, in a three-day tournament over Thanksgiving. So that's five neutral court games they're going to be playing. So it, and, and against good teams. So I, I think they've got it covered there. The thing that I want to see, and, 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 I, and I truly believe this, is that you know I want to, and I would like for all of college basketball to do this, more home and homes with, you know, in Iowa's situation with Kansas, you look at what Missouri has the potential to be in the next couple of years, mm-hmm. and I know there's yep. still some animosity over what happened a few years ago with them canceling football games. It's like get a home-and-home home with Missouri or, you know, like do a four-thing four series with Missouri where you play home-and-home and, home and then neutral court, neutral court. Um, you know, there's some things you can do. I think you, you want to be creative because 
you're going to place the Southern Utahs and the North Carolina A&Ds, you know, whoever the world. You're going to play two or three of those games every year. But to me, I think you want I, – I would like to see – and I'd like to see this out of all schools. Be creative with the schedule. Do some different things. And it, it's a little more difficult sometimes than I think what people think, but it can be done. And so I think they are doing it this year. It just it means these are games that aren't going to be played at Carver. John, answer me this question. Is McCaffrey really going to play 14 guys? Uh, he seems to think he's going to, and and I mean, and I mean, I mean, let's face it, they were going ten deep, you know, even late into the season, and so I mean, I, he he's going to do what he has to do, and and I mean, when when he's got that deep of a roster, you can go that deep and not really lose anything. So, you know, I I think he's going to try to figure out ways where you know he gets everybody in at some point, and and I think yeah, I think he's I think he wants to do it. So. Well, we know three freshmen will be coming in next year. There's still, you know, the questions, Connor McCaffrey, maybe, you know, baseball is an opportunity for him. We've heard prep school. But let's just say for argument's sake that all three of the guys are coming in, Garza, Nungi, and McCaffrey. Of those guys, who's the most important, and who do you think sees the next minutes next year because it's a loaded-up roster? I, you know, I mean, it, it, I, these are guys that I, I think are all – Capable of doing so. I mean, I'm I'm really curious to see that the the, the freshmen and are you know Garza and Nungi because I want to see how they play mm-hmm. because it sounds. I mean, these are big guys that can step. You know, and in, in Garza's case, it's a big guy that can step outside and, and shoot. Mm-hmm. And so there's a dimension. There's a lot of dimensions with these guys that just add to what Iowa had you know has coming back next year. So um, you know, again with Connor, I don't know what he's going to do, and 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 so. If he's there, great. If he's not, they're, they're going to be fine either way. So, um, you know, the, I, I really want to see how those guys fit in because I do think they're going to bring a dimension to this team that, that, that really it needs. And so when you, when you can, again, when you, we go back to the talking about the rotation, when you can throw guys out there that make, can do a lot of different things, it makes it really hard for teams to match up with them. You know, when you look around and depending on who's coming back in the Big Ten or who's leaving, and I'll just throw out Miles Bridges at Michigan State now appearing that he's going to return for a another season with the Spartans. This is going to be a terrific Big Ten. I mean, Minnesota, well, yeah, I mean, Minnesota's loaded. Purdue still has player. This is this is going to be really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know everybody talked about well. How down the Big Ten was this year, and then they got in the NCAA tournament, and, and a lot of those teams played well. Now you're going to see those guys one year older next year, and so you're looking at you know when you look at Iowa's roster, you could just sit there and say that's a Big Ten contender, and then you look around the rest of that league, and that yeah, Iowa's got a roster could contend for a Big Ten title, but they could finish sixth, you know, very easily, right. and so. And so that just shows you that this team, that this conference is going to be really, really good next year. And I mean, there's going to be, you know, two or three at the bottom, you you know, but, but, but it's, you're still going to have, it's going to be a very, very top heavy league with about eight or nine teams that you can point to and say, Hey, they've got a chance to win. Please. John Bonencamp with the Burlington Hawkeye with us on the draft house 50 hotline. John, uh, had a chance to talk to a couple of the coaches yesterday, a new one. Uh, tell us what Coach Copeland and also an old friend, Ken O'Keefe, had to say outside of, well, bearing the lead here, he's happy to have Poncheros back in his life. <laughs> yeah, that was the one that cracked me up. I mean, I, he, he really, I mean, I think he's 
really, I think Ken is really comfortable in that role right now with just working with quarterbacks. And, um, you know, and that's why I think, I think whoever wins that job, I think is going to be taught pretty well mm-hmm. because I think he knows what he's doing. And in terms of, you know, Kelton Copeland brought a lot of yeah, energy to that. And so, I mean, basically he said to his wide receivers, you know, I want to see what you got. And, you know, there was, it was a clean slate for everybody. And I want to see what you got in the spring, and then I want to see what comes in in the summertime. And so I, both those positions are question marks, but I think they're in good hands right now because both those guys really impressed me yesterday with some things they said and, you know, their outlook on their position groups. And, and, and I think that's, like I said, those are big question marks, but I think there's good teachers there. Always good, John, when we take time to have a conversation with you. Thank you, and have a great weekend, pal. I will do that. You guys do the same. Thank See you. John, John Bonkamp, yep, Burlington Hawkeye on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Okay, couple of things here before we got to get to a break. What We got a couple of minutes, right? Yeah, we got a couple of minutes. Oh, okay. Sure. Let's, uh, let's just kind of hit a couple of things real quick. All right. All right. Tonight, uh, we had a conversation earlier in the show about the NHL playoffs. Uh, tonight, it is the Blackhawks and Nashville uh, this evening. So... Hey everybody, welcome back. It's our final segment here on a Thursday. Let's, uh, let's kind of set the stage, uh, maybe for a little bit that took place last night and what's coming up this weekend. And that's, of course, in the NBA playoffs. Uh, Fred Hoiberg under fire the entire season, mm-hmm. uh, with the Chicago Bulls did not make the playoffs last year. They get in on the final day of the regular season this year. So he does have that feather in his cap, but it was so dysfunctional throughout almost the entire year in Chicago. Is this good enough to save him? Oh, absolutely. I would I mean, agree. We, and even if they didn't, he was going to be safe. Yeah. He was going to be safe. So, no, this doesn't really change anything because we know that the front office is going to be back, that Gar Foreman's going to be back, that Paxson's going to be back. So with it, Fred Hoiberg, you can say all the negatives that were coming out of there, mm-hmm. he was really never in trouble. This is a guy with a five-year deal. Yeah. So getting to the playoffs I don't think changes okay. you know, the outlook on him, why not Iota. Did it take any of the heat off of him, maybe? Or well, is I mean, it is it, if you get blown out in the first round, let's see, they get Boston. Yeah. If they get blown out in the first round, is it all for naught then? Well, I don't think I, so. I don't know where he's getting at, Jim, because he's coming back. Yeah. So, you know, what's the story? I don't think there's even a story here. Okay. They're in the playoffs. They're at 8C. They'll get beat, and that'll be that. All right. You know, I. yeah, I understand Fred Hoiberg's a bluff figure around here. It just, he's not working in the NBA. The, the, the team around him that they're trying to build, it didn't make a lick of sense. No, and, you're right. And, and people that are upset, and Bulls fans that are upset with Hoiberg, it's the front office. They're the team. They're, they're the guys that put this thing together mm-hmm. with what Hoiberg showed an ability to do, what he wanted to do as a college coach, and now what he's doing today. It's completely different. I I, I don't understand the disconnect that could be there. Well, you think that Rajan Rondo is going to be a guy that can't shoot? You want to bring him into Fred Hoiberg's system? I, that you're going to bring in Dwayne Wade who can't shoot yeah. for Fred Hoiberg's system? It didn't make sense. No, I agree. We so, we said that. So why the negativity of Hoiberg? From the fan base, look at the front office first. Now, yeah. to be fair, okay, the fans they they're upset with everybody over there. Well, yeah, they are. Yeah, and instead of going with either, now, the thing they should have done is just with a complete rebuild. 
Mm-hmm. Either say Jimmy Butler's our guy and we're going to build around, around him. him. Yeah. Instead of bringing in these veterans that didn't make a lick of sense. I, I just The organization as a whole leaves you shaking your head. What are you trying to do? Is this the end game? Because the way that they're built and the way that they're constructed, this is what you are. Eh, you're a playoff team. Yeah. You're not good. No. But you're a playoff You're not going to challenge for the finals. Right. Right. You'll have two games, maybe three at home, and that'll be it. Okay. That's what you're working for? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But you have to also remember that Gar Foreman and Baxton, those guys are working for their own job. They are. So they think, well, at least we got to the playoffs. That'll keep me around for another year, and I can collect paychecks for another season. I'll be good to go. I, do you get where I'm going here? Yeah, I do. I do. So Fred Hoiberg's not coaching for his job. Fred Hoiberg, is, he's back next year. Yeah. They get swept. He's still back. He's still back. Right. Yeah. So what's the story? I mean, you're the I, NBA guy, Jim. You no, know, the story was was they were calling for his head in Chicago, and the the fan base was. And I was just curious, at least if he made the playoffs this time, since he didn't make them last year, that he makes the playoffs for the first time, does that heat from the fan base start to go away a little bit? I don't think so. Yeah. But you're, it's, an you're, you're a 500 team. I agree with you, yeah. That's not what the end no. game is. That's not what the Bulls work to do is be an eight seed. Yep. It's their biggest market in the country. Mm-hmm. Six championships. Yeah. <laughs> you're not hoping to be an eight seed. No, this doesn't alleviate the pressure for okay. the fan base. Okay. Not, 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 the, not the pressure, but are, are they still calling for his head? Yes. Okay. They should be called for everybody's head. It's a terrible organization. <laughs> it is. It, but the reality of the situation, yeah. I like to live in reality, is he's going to be back next yeah, year. Yeah, he is. So there's no story here. Mm-hmm. There's no story. He has a five-year contract. He has guys above him that brought him in. Yes. If there was a new GM, we'd be having a different conversation, but we don't. Okay. And we know that Gar Foreman's going to be back next year. Yes. We know the front office is going to be back next year. So because of that, you know the head coach that'll be going into year three, he's going to be back as well. There's no story, Jim. Okay. There's no story. And I know this is the time of year where we're trying to find some yeah, kind we of are. local stories. Yeah. There's no That's, story There's here. no story there's here. There's no story. Okay. Uh, as far as the playoffs, Ugh. when will you start to, after the first round, when the maybe the games become more competitive, will you start to dial in? No, I'll watch them. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch. I'll start Saturday and I'll be yeah. watching. Yeah, okay. What are you excited about? You're an NBA fan. What 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 gets you put outside of Houston, Oklahoma City? Yeah, we all know that. One. We, that that's the that's one. That's the slam dunk. We yes, all get it that. is. Outside of that, are you are you sitting down and making sure that you got a seven and seven in front of you for Toronto, <laughs> Milwaukee? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Doesn't get you going, does it? No. Utah Clippers. That one intrigues me because I think Utah is a pretty good team, and they have an outstanding player in Gordon Hayward who gets absolutely zero pub because he plays in Utah. And to be honest with you, well, Trent... Colin Malone and John Stockton got I know pub. they did, but they made runs to the finals as well. But Well, so doesn't he have to earn it? Yes, I'm, I'm saying that, but he's an outstanding player. I, I think Utah might be able to upset them. I really do. I don't think it's a... Would it be that big of an upset? I mean, the Clippers yeah, have been a continual disappointment they ha- for they seven have, years. Now. They have been. They so, really have been. Yeah. You're called a 4 5 Yeah, upset. I know. Come on, Jimmy. Yeah. I think Utah can take them out. I, I really do. Now, if you want to tell me that the Grizzlies can beat, are going to beat the Spurs. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. So you're going chalk. I did see this. I did see my boy Damian Lillard of Portland 
say, we're going to beat Golden State in six. <laughs> well, that, that's nice. I thought that was pretty ballsy. That's nice of him to say. <laughs> it's great that you got, great that you got confidence, Dame. That a yeah. boy. <laughs> what have you seen out of Durant? Um, I think he's, uh, probably 90% back. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's scoring now again at will. They're playing him limited minutes just to get his legs back underneath him. And I don't think that that's going to be an issue for Golden State. I, I really don't. Uh, I think he is probably another week or two away from probably being at, you know, at 100% again. So cakewalk to the finals? I, don't, I, I can't see uh, you, the Spurs. You can't see anybody? You can't see even San Antonio playing no, him tough? No, certainly not San Antonio. Okay. I, I might take a futures look at uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. It just there, There's something about that team. Kawhi has not played very well here down the stretch. Mm-hmm. His offensive game has really taken a step back. Yeah, think he's tired? Just think he burned out? No, because, I mean, Pop does a good job with that. He, he just, generally he's, does. He's not playing well. Yeah. I, I think it's just as easy as that. He's not playing very good down the stretch, and you know that's a concern right there. I don't see the Spurs doing it. I certainly don't see Houston doing it. I, I can't see Oklahoma City. I'm, who are you going to? I know that's... The Clippers? No. They're not going to right. take him out. So are we just going to cruise on in? And as I told you back in October when we started this God-fangled league, mm-hmm. October, yeah. and it ends in June. I know. I'm well aware of that. It's way too long. You and I agree that. I well, said, we wake said, me up when we get to Cavs, yeah, Warriors. I know. And we both are said... We, are we there again? Uh, pretty, I mean, honestly. I, 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 I know I you're so. a fan, and yeah, we're yeah, all going to yeah, watch. Yeah, I, I know. Blah, blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But is that is, is it as simple as that? I think that's I think that's the premier opportunity that the NBA is hoping for. Well, yeah, they're hoping for. I'm yeah. asking you though. Yes, it, it is. Okay. Yeah. So we yeah. don't have to talk about the NBA till June. <laughs> You're trying to trying to really set me up here. Uh, let me change that. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> All right. So to be honest with you, I think everybody would like to see uh, Warriors Cavs. The rubber, the rubber match, right, right. yeah, three games. Yeah. I, we all want to see that. Yes, I think we all assume. We're I, I going think to we, that. I think we will. So you don't feel like there's a contender out west to beat the Warriors? No. Cavs fall to the two seed. Yes, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, you saw what they went into Boston and just tore them up. LeBron took over that game. I think the realization hit them at that time. You know what? We can uh, take a break here. Because we can win on the on this team's home court. We don't need home court. Yeah, we'll not, not not for them. Yeah, yeah. For the Warriors, well, they're not going to get it because the Warriors have uh, the most wins in the NBA with sixty six. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it didn't it didn't hurt them last time. Last year, down three one. Everybody knows they came back and won. So look, I I hope that we get some dynamite games. I'd like to see. You know, a few buzzer beaters. I don't want to see fifteen to twenty point blowouts. Well, everybody's that way. Yeah, We're sports fans. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We want to. Yeah, we want to see. Want to see a freaking nail biter. People here. don't want to see. I hope this. Have you ever heard somebody no. say, "I hope this playoffs is a bunch of blowouts"? Yeah, I mean, no, on. I know, yeah. I know. But I, I, I just think that it's it's Golden State and Cleveland once yeah. again. That's it. Pretty boring. <laughs> if there's a team in the East, I'm with you. I don't think it's Boston. No, it be, even with home court over the Cavs. Yeah. Could it be Toronto, though? It, it could be Toronto. Tell and... me a little bit more about the Raptors. Okay. I mean, we, get, we got our first national glimpse of them last year in the yes, Eastern Conference we Finals. Did. They played pretty well in a few of those games. 
But uh, it's still, it's Toronto. I mean, talk De- about out of sight, out of mind. DeRozan and Lowry are terrific backcourt. Yep, we know them. What okay. what else, though? I mean, Val- I know those guys. Okay, do you know Valashunas, the seven-foot center? Yeah, do you have- I, I okay. remember him a little bit. Okay. He's a very good player. And remember who they drafted, who plays a lot? Jacob Portal from Utah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, right. so Portal is on that team, so he plays uh, minutes at the center position and at the power forward position for them. And he can score from the outside as well. He's just not a low-block player. Mm-hmm. So they have some talent. There's no question about that. Um, I just think Golden State matches up. I'm, I'm not Golden State. Uh, Cleveland matches up. Uh, much better against Toronto mm-hmm. than a lot of people think. They have difficulty. Lowry and DeRozan, as good as they are, are neither one is a great on-ball defender. And Kyrie Irving has his way with them most of the time. And look, there's there's nobody that has anybody who can guard LeBron. Right. <laughs> if LeBron doesn't want to well, be guarded, brought, he's not going to be guarded. They brought in P.J. Tucker. Right? They did bring him in. He's a real good defender. Yeah. But and, I mean, again, yeah, nobody's going to stop. Right. But, but they can throw a lot of guys yeah, at him. They, you know, can. they can throw DeRozan for a little yeah. bit as long as he's fine. They got some different things. That, that would probably be the one. That'll be a Eastern Conference semifinal. Yes. I feel like they'd have a better chance than the Celtics would of knocking them off. I agree. Right? I, home court. I agree. I think I think the matchup is better in Toronto than it is in Boston. And you got Serge Ibaka. Yes. Got him. Yeah. Trade deadline. Yeah. So they, they got a they few did okay. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're a talented team. It's not like they're, you know, just going to wilt away here. They they won't do that. I mean, they took Cleveland to six games last year, mm-hmm. and so everybody was, you know, going, "Oh my God, Cleveland can't beat this team," because they're pretty good, and they are. They are pretty good. All right, then. Uh, well, let's talk about the the big matchup, the one that we are actually excited about in the first round, the MVP race. Houston against Oklahoma City, yeah. Russ against Harden. This is great. Now, I've told you for the last couple of years, yes. I hate watching James Harden play basketball. I know you do. I just I can't stand the the herky-jerky, the goofiness of his game. It it just bothers me. Now, admittedly, I haven't watched a whole lot this year. Okay. I've, I've seen bits and pieces. It isn't as uh, as teeth-gnashing as it was before. Okay. Watching him play, it is better in that sense, but... Still, what am I excited about outside of just that? That about that matchup, those two guys going at it. I think that these two teams have the potential to play close in almost every game. And because they are so similar, however, Houston has much better scores than San Antonio than uh uh Oklahoma City. Much better scores. When you have a guy like Eric Gordon who comes off your bench and can fill it up uh, from anywhere on the court, and that's a monster advantage where Oklahoma City really doesn't have that. I know that. Oh, the uh, depot. I, I know, but he's been uh, like out of sight, out of mind a lot of times this season. He's been so up and down. He's been p- when, playing pretty well down the stretch. Down the he? stretch he has. When Russell Westbrook has a triple double. They are 33-9 and nine mm. when he has a triple-double. So it's imperative for Westbrook to just be the man, and I'm sure that he will. Um, I don't think Harden's going to guard him because Harden can't guard anybody. And I think Westbrook might get Harden 
uh, throughout the course of the game from time to time. And that's going to be very, very interesting. It's, it's going to be a compelling matchup just because of those two guys. Fear the Beard and Mr. Triple Double. That's going to be pretty good. Well, and uh, hopefully the return of Dougie Fresh. Yes. Doug McDermott. Uh, he's uh, didn't play, what, the last three, four three games? Three or four games, yeah, yeah. Of the year. And they need him. Right. What's uh, Do you know what exactly is happening with him injury-wise? No, I don't. Okay. They, they've kept it, like, real quiet. It's a knee injury. It right? is, but they haven't said yeah. what it is. So I don't know if he just strained it or... Uh, you know, it got twisted or what. I just hope that he's back because he is instrumental in what they like to do, and that is spread the floor mm-hmm. and let Westbrook take over the game and drive and kick. Says here, uh, still nursing a sore nef- left knee. Yeah. Uh, the hope is, though, that he'll be good to go when the Thunder begin postseason play. Okay. Yeah. See, that's all they say. Right. Nursing a sore knee. So, did he get bruised? You know, we don't know. I mean, sometimes when you get that knee bruise, it's really painful. So, Jimmy B. Yes. You said earlier in the week. Now, the regular season is over. It's over. Russell Westbrook's your MVP. He is. And he's your MVP because, and please don't say because of triple Triple doubles. Triple doubles, I won't. Okay. Why is he the MVP? Because without him, and the statistics bear this out, they would be awful, meaning the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm -hmm. They probably would finish down where Sacramento is, if that were the case without Westbrook. That's how important he is to them. Look, James Harden is important to Houston as well. But as I have referenced before, they have other scores. Could they possibly be a playoff team? Houston would have a better chance at being a playoff game than Oklahoma City would. It's it's not close if Harden wasn't on that team. So Westbrook is the guy. He has taken over the scoring mantle, the assist mantle, and even some nights even the rebound mantle for the Oklahoma City Thunder with the absence of Kevin Durant. And it's amazing that OKC is where they are. It's not that amazing that Houston is where they are, especially with the coach they have in Mike D'Antoni, who made an all-star and an MVP a couple of times of Steve Nash when he was the point guard in Phoenix. And they run a wide-open offense. They let Harden create and they try to do a similar scenario in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook. But he is not, I guess, gifted with the shooters that are on the wings that Houston has. Because Houston can really fill it up. Those guys get hot. They can really fill it up. They got some guys on the outside. You know, I was for a long time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to jump into the Russ camp. I was. I know you weren't. I, I thought that there was too much being made just to the triple-double. I told you I think it's just an arbitrary right. number. There's more to it than that. And and as he's played down the stretch, though, and mentioned Kawhi a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. how he's taken a step back, I, I think that's a piece of it there. Harden, maybe it's because I just don't like watching this game, so I'm like, <laughs> I can't jump into that camp. You know, LeBron, the way they played down the stretch, yeah, yeah he's you're playing a pickup game, you're still taking LeBron oh, number one. absolutely. But for me... I do like an MVP to be on a good team. Mm-hmm. And in, in the NBA throughout history, it's been great teams. Yes. Very rare that you have a team that has that's a six seed. Very, like Oklahoma City, that's true. That's, that's true. an MVP. That is true. But 
I always like to put it this way. An MVP for me. Take him away, put in a league average player. What are they? I still don't think Houston would be nearly as good as you do. With a league average point guard, you take Harden away because he is so important to what they do. I look at that roster. Uh, there, there's two guys in Oklahoma City I'd probably take over anybody else. Now, who's the third best player in this series, in your mind? I think it, it's Steven it, Adams. He has developed very well. It could be Adams if he shows up. Yeah, I mean, he, he I, has he has a tendency to disappear. Sure, but I, okay, in terms of talent, in terms of talent, it would yeah. be it would be Stephen Adams. Yes, and I might take Oladipo after that. Well, I mean, there's a lot of upside, but I, I'm just saying I don't think for me the okay. roster of the Rockets is nearly as good as you. As think I it think is. it is. Yeah. Okay, but regardless of that, with Russell, I don't want to be at the camp of this historic season, and it's not the triple double; it's just the sheer numbers. What he has done, how important he has been. Mm-hmm. And in the age of guys sitting out, yes, him going out there every night and doing it time in and time out, that's big for me. You take him away, it's not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Same thing, though, with Harden. The difference is eight wins, and I, that is pretty significant for me between the two in terms of victories this year. But I can't just go down to the camp. i got to go with Russ. His play down the stretch has been unbelievable. He has been the guy. This, is, this will always be known. Even if Harden does get the MVP this year, this will be remembered as the year that Russell Westbrook oh, did these ridiculous things. Yes. That's what this will be known yeah. for. More than Harden taking a team to a three right. seed in 55 wins. Right, yeah. That's what this season will be known for. Well, so he gets it. Uh, I, I kind of kicking and screen to get there, mm-hmm. but I'm there with you. Okay, it was Russ pretty, is the MVP. Pretty nice when the Big O showed up in the house last night and uh, congratulated him. Oscar Robertson was there, and uh, even when he grabbed the microphone and he said, "This is the MVP," and the place went nuts, as you might well imagine. Anyway, the playoffs beginning in the NBA yep. uh, coming up on Saturday, and we'll uh, stay up to date on the Chicago Bulls and see how they do as well. Uh, once again, they are matched up against the number one seed, uh, Boston Celtics. What would you think of the hockey last night? I loved it! Were you up late? Like oh, I was come on, are you kidding me? Oh, boy. Man, NHL playoffs, it's the best. Look, the I, I watched some of the Penguins for a while. Okay. Okay, and they ended up winning that one 3-1. Yep. And the, the only goal I saw in that one was Columbus there. Well, was, oh, okay. When and, it was 3 uh, nothing at that year. time. Yeah. What the hell channel is USA Today? I, guess. <laughs> I never watch USA. 242. 242. You there got you go. It on your Rockstar satellite. <laughs> That's where you can find it. Yeah, 242. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, hockey is. games. On. Well, it's not on NHL Network. All right. Flipping around. Okay, it's not on NBC Sports Network. Yeah. Oh, yeah, USA. Okay, two. Let's scroll through. I got you. There it is. There There it is. I found it. But now I have it. It'll be uh, locked in here for the next uh, week or two as some of the games are there on USA. Uh, I watched a little bit of the uh, Edmonton San Jose game. I flipped uh, during intermission. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did that. And then I went, of course, to the uh, St. Louis Minnesota game. And then I hung in through the overtime and saw the Blues score and win. Yeah, I about woke up the wife when. Oh, did you? Minnesota scored to tie it up there. Late, Uh-oh, boy. late don't in wanna, the third. Don't want to do that. I let out a little yelp, but <laughs> she rolled over. <laughs> we were in good shape there. But a tough loss. Yeah. I, I watched that thing start to finish, Yep, and Minnesota dominated. Yes. Game. They absolutely dominated. I mean, that's, that's a pretty stinging loss here. Uh, it's hockey, though, mm-hmm. and, and that's I don't understand the nuance of hockey. I enjoy it. Right. I love playoff hockey. Yep. 
but I don't understand it at the level that I feel like I understand baseball, basketball, football. Sure. So it is a little bit different. It's just the oddity of it in a game where you absolutely dominate, start to finish. Right. I mean, the first five shots on goal was Minnesota. I mean, St. Louis couldn't even get a shot on goal right. in the first period. It was unbelievable, but you have a goaltender standing on your head yep. like, like it was happening See, you know night. hockey terms. I do, I do. Hockey hockey goalie standing on his head. And you have a guy like that. I mean, it's it's the great neutralizer. Yeah. And, yeah, it's cliche, but it's absolutely true. I mean, I saw it firsthand last night. That's why, Trent, you can have an eight seed beat a one seed in the NHL. Yep. A goalie all of a sudden just becomes Merlin the Magician, mm-hmm. and you can't get the puck past him. And that's why it happens in the NHL and not like in the NBA, where that hasn't happened. But you can have an eight seed beat, and it's and it's happened uh, like several times. It, it's not it's not just something that takes place every decade or something. It happens a lot in the NHL, mm-hmm. and it's because of the goalie. That's it. So you'll be watching a little hockey tonight. Oh yeah, you'll be in obviously Blackhawks. Uh, in I'll be in on that. Predators. Yes. We'll be watching a lot of that one. Baseball, a lot of day games today, so not a whole lot tonight. And you got Oakland playing Kansas City locally, right? Uh, yeah, kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna sample. Uh, not only am I gonna watch the uh, Nashville uh, Chicago game, of course, but I'm gonna sample Toronto and Washington because I want to see the Capitals. They were they were the uh, they won the President's Cup for most wins again. Yep. Alex Ovechkin uh, is an absolute beast. Has never won a Stanley Cup. Nor has he ever gotten to a Stanley Cup final. Oh, they're they're continually and they're and a disappointment. A disappointment. Yeah. Is it going to be the same case again this year? We'll Probably. see. That's Washington sports for you. <laughs> we'll see. Jimmy B, yeah. out of time for today. We'll do it again tomorrow at noon. A lot to uh, break down on a Friday. We'll talk. Well, we'll find it a little time to talk some football. Oh, yeah. We'll get Always got to do things like that. Uh, but it, Matt Nelson's going to stop by. We'll talk some Cyclones with him. Hawkeye Cyclone Talk, as always, and much more coming up on the Friday edition. Week flying by, Jimmy B. It is. Fast week. Got to love it. We are out of here. CBS Sports Radio is next.